0: And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation, or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. All right, welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're glad you're here with us today. And I'm excited to introduce you to Sarah Morgan. I know many of you have uh, maybe heard her music, but uh, if not, you're go- you're in for a treat. Sarah is a singer-songwriter. She's from McGee, Arkansas. She yes. went to Olathe South and lives in Tonganoxie. And she has been doing country music now for what a at least. A, I'm
1: not quite at a decade. Decade, almost, I was almost a decade, almost.
0: Yeah. And two albums out.
1: Mm-hmm. I've um, done quite a few, but those I've got
0: two out. Okay. Yeah, I noticed. Um, average jane Mm -hmm. came out in 2018 yeah is that right and then another nail Mm -hmm. 2021 and i'm kind of excited i went through both your albums but another nail intrigued me i have a bunch Mm -hmm. of questions about some of your lyrics and stuff because i'm a lyric person but before we do that i like i like to get kind of the backstory and you know where you're from and Mm -hmm. some of your growing up years things that influenced you while you were growing up so so help Help us out, tell us your background, <laughs> your family, where you're from, um, where you're born.
1: I was born in Monroe, Louisiana. I, uh, you know, my whole family's from that area, that like Louisiana, Sea Arc kind of
0: area, mm-hmm. um, for the Alabama, part. Arkansas, Louisiana, that whole little.
1: Well, not Alabama, okay. just that, that Northern Louisiana-ish area and that Southeast Arkansas-ish area. That's okay. where everybody pretty much everybody lives there. West of
0: the Mississippi. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Barely. Barely. (laughs) I like two minutes. (laughs) When it floods, it's in the yard. Um, uh, But yeah, that's, that's where I'm from. Um, I grew up in a little um, circle neighborhood surrounded by cotton fields and, you know, my teachers lived in the neighborhood. Is that Monroe or did you guys in Arkansas, move,
0: McGee? You moved to McGee when you were what? No,
1: my mother, I don't know oh. how she managed this, but she would drive two and a half hours to Monroe to have each of us when she went into labor. Oh, wow. Because she liked the doctor. How she managed that is beyond me because usually when kids decide they're ready to come out, they just say hello. And She did not allow that.
0: Wow. So
1: I don't know how she did that. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. So no
1: born there, raised in Arkansas. Okay. Um, um but yeah, my grandparents lived down the street from me, you know, like three houses and so right. How down many the street, people are in McGee? I mean, maybe twenty five hundred at this it's point. It's a little town for those of you who
0: don't know that's a little south and east of Pine
1: Pine Blush. Pine Bluff, it's
0: Arkansas.
1: Two hours southeast of Little Rock. It's almost a,
0: to the miss almost yeah. just off the Mississippi River, yeah, like you right could there. have probably been to the Mississippi in what five minutes, yeah. ten minutes. It's, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: regularly did. Uh, yeah,
0: very rural area. Very, right, very very rural. Small town. How many um, people are in McGee?
1: I think there's probably around 2,500 now. I don't know if it's more or less than that now. So there is an original Walmart. Ooh. Our and population I population of McGee is 37. 37. All right. Sorry. There's no, no. There's more. There's more than when I was there, which I find very yeah. interesting. <laughs> That's so fascinating. So an
0: original Walmart. Like, so they have the claim to old, fame.
1: It's really <laughs> tiny. It's not a super center, and it's been a few years now. But they replaced the old Western letters. I was so upset about that.
0: Because
1: uh, man, it was just so cute. Yeah. But but yeah, there's a there's a Walmart. Yeah. It's very small.
0: Is there a town in Arkansas where there's not a Walmart? How small oh, oh do you yeah. have to be to not have a Walmart? Like oh, yeah. a thousand? Uh,
1: probably, I don't know. Probably
0: tw- 2,000. I imagine there's a break point somewhere in there. I
1: don't know. But the Walmart that you're thinking of is not the Walmart that they have. Oh. It is not Walmarts like here. It's not big box. No. it's. I mean, when I say like old school Walmart, okay. this is a, you can see, you can walk in, there's maybe oh. two or three checkouts. There's no self-checkout as oh, far as I know.
0: So you're talking like way back and you, Walmart. Yes. Yeah. And you can see
1: both sides of the store when you walk in, there's one like, door in and one door this out. This is like
0: old Sam Walton's beginning. Yes.
1: It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's very small and I, very old and I
0: love it. Interesting. <laughs> so cute. And tell me about your family. Your your brothers and sisters.
1: So there's eight kids in my family. Um, We lost one when I was in high school. There are five siblings between my mother and my father. They got divorced when I was 10. And then my mom got remarried. He had two kids and they had another one. So we're a big blended family.
0: And uh, And then where are you at in the the birth order? of all of them
1: there was one older than me he passed he was a step and um but i mean there's no difference once you blend a family you right don't, you
0: know so how old um, was he when he passed
1: he was 19.
0: wow mm-hmm.
1: It is very odd to be older than he ever got to be
0: yeah it's really what, strange um, what happened with
1: car wreck oh, he no. was in the navy he was on his way to his on, to the boat yeah
0: I, you know, I lived in Hampton, Virginia for a while. He was in Norfolk. I, th- I heard, I, I read something where mm-hmm. he was heading to Norfolk, Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, car wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: man. So random, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a he had a wife, they were trying to have kids, you know, and they just found out they were gonna have one and ah. just by the grace of God, the um, stress, and she managed to, to carry him to term and okay. we have this hilarious kid who acts just like him some things are genetic (laughs) you know so
0: wow so you so your brothers and sisters have they all stayed around mcgee uh no they spread all over the place
1: so i had a brother who went there and graduated high school there but he's back now um but all of my immediate siblings live here my mom and my stepdad live here here being
0: kansas city yes
1: in kansas city Okay, my uh My dad and my grandparents live in Arkansas. Okay. My aunts are and you guys
0: are all close? Fairly close.
1: Too close sometimes. Too close sometimes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding you
0: guys. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't have a huge family, but I have three sisters and my mom and dad are still alive and we're all very close. And then I have a ton of nephews and nieces and great nephews and nieces. So yeah. So I I have a close family.
1: Yeah. We're together all the time. And
0: been and definitely support each other in all our ups and downs, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, tell us about, you You moved at some point to Olathe, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that was a big transition for you.
1: Yeah, it was super weird. Uh, Cause I moved up here and everyone's like, you sound funny and I'm like, I don't even sound like I sounded then at all. Cause then I probably sounded like this, you know, I don't sound like that anymore. I don't think you could tell me better than I could probably (laughs) um but it was just strange uh it was also strange because where I lived you had communities that had it was actually much more diverse than moving to Kansas City and so I because it was the south everybody went to school together and I came up here and it was really strange to go to school I went home because I'm 10 11 years old you know and I didn't realize what was missing but i looked at my mom and i said where's everybody else Mm. because it was only white kids Mm -hmm. and i didn't understand that there was a like a like any kind of a descriptor there i just knew something was off yeah from what i was used to like friends that i had weren't here and i couldn't make heads or tails of that um so i found this odd even as a kid this weird kind of city segregation going on. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I wasn't able to pinpoint that until I was significantly older. So, yeah, it there's was a, still,
0: it you was, know, like, I mean, actually, Kansas City, Missouri per capita is one of the largest African-American cities in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you, if you go to the suburbs, I mean, and it's changing over time. Like mm-hmm. when I when I went to uh, Park Hill in the 70s in it's a suburb of Kansas City, Um you know, I had—I can name all the African American families that I went to school with, and mm-hmm. did sports with, and wow. all that kind of stuff. Right? Wow, there, weren't, there were three or four of them.
1: Yeah, know. I can't because it was just a normal <clears> part of life. Yeah,
0: and uh, but you know, you—if you go down to the core, I mean, there's no white people. You yeah. know, you go—you go to some places like you landed. Yeah, there's hardly any black people. That right? was a strange
1: transition, and I don't think people—I think people, I because I've always had one foot in. I've spent half my time in both places. Mm -hmm. And so there's this notion that people coming up from the South don't have, have never seen, there's an odd Stereotype of who Southern people are and what they're actually involved in every day. Mm. And I i guess I was one of the first generations to be born completely integrated where everything was normal. And when I think about that, that's mind blowing mm. because I didn't necessarily realize that before me, that wasn't a norm. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time that my parents had kids, it was. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. But it was so strange to come up here and for some reason that was still it just wasn't a thing yeah so
0: yeah it's interesting that was
1: a huge culture shock for me um along with people thinking i was probably like you know everybody makes a typical southern joke like
0: you're yeah, right hillbilly marry your mom you know like stuff like that but whatever <laughs> well my mom is from savannah georgia
1: mm-hmm. and then Aww. i have a
0: ton of cousins from alabama my dream home and georgia so like when we do our family reunions on that side of the family like this may We'll be going down to uh, Orange Beach in Alabama, Mm -hmm. you know, and hanging out with all the relatives from Alabama and Georgia and stuff like that. So, yeah. But my dad's from Wichita, Kansas. So anyway, a little different. But uh, tell us about your music. Did you start doing music when you were young? Tell us about your sports and then.
1: I decided to sing Celine Dion in the fourth grade (laughs) at <laughs> a talent show in my music class. Um, and that was when I decided I liked to sing. Actually, this goes further back. I was a flower girl in my uncle's wedding when I was two, mm-hmm. and they left the mics on in the choir loft. And during the prayer, I went up there, I turned it on, and I began singing. Yeah, and then my mom found me. I peed my pants right there because <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> so I guess that's how far back it goes. But uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I really got into to it in college, though. Songwriting. Were um,
0: yeah, you you in choir it. and stuff in high mm-hmm. school? Yeah. And did you sing in church any at all? Mm-hmm. What's your faith background?
1: I grew up Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any bad things to say about the church I was raised in. It was a fabulously foundational church mm-hmm. for um, for my family and I. I the the pastor we had at the time, Brother Real, was just precious, precious. They were missionaries to I believe Honduras. They were just the nicest people, and it was so nice of them to come and and be at that church in a in a little town where most people just stop to top off their tank, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it was great actually. Awesome.
0: And did you, have you um, continued in in your faith walk, in your faith journey? Has that been a part of your life?
1: Oh yeah. That's pretty much what my life is centered around. Um, like we were talking before this, you have a shelf over here, you right. know, of biblical I, Hebrew syntax and I- We, syntax, we, we and have I, to
0: say this, <laughs> like I, I have interviewed at least 60 <laughs> people now on my podcast, and I, nobody hardly ever looks at the books, let alone notices the Hebrew books, because I was working on a uh, PhD in the Hebrew Bible, and Sarah notices and says, this is what I'm into. Yes, and so, this is off, what I'm
1: reading right now.
0: <laughs> off, <laughs> so off. So uh, yeah,
1: it is, a, it is it's still. It's crazy. Yeah. If I'm not writing songs, that's what I'm doing. I'm so fascinating. Brushing up on Greek or something like that's that. That's crazy.
0: You know? Well, fun stuff. Yeah. So we'll have to do a whole nother podcast and just talk about Hebrew stuff. I think that would be fun. Anyway. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so and then you played basketball.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played basketball. I played five sports pretty much year round.
0: What? That's Which why ones? my.
1: That's why my story is so stable and boring. I was never in any trouble because I didn't have time to sports? be. Basketball, volleyball, softball, soccer, and track. I did them all. Um, volleyball and soccer always happen at the same time. So I get up, go to school, have one practice, change jersey, go outside, do the other one. Um, but my parents were smart. They knew that if I stayed busy, I would not get into any trouble and I never did.
0: What about <laughs> uh, what, what about track? What did you do in track?
1: Uh, the long jump, the 200. Those are the things okay. I did. Sometimes I, hurdles. But I was a
0: distance runner, like the half mile, mile no, stuff, 800, no. 800, 1,600 meter stuff. So. I
1: can't do that. I think they had me do the 800 once and I was like, I just dig my grave, put me <laughs> put me in the long jump sand pit. I'm dead. <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. And then off, what did you do after high school?
1: I went to college. I went to John Brown University for biblical and theological studies. And I bailed as I was ordering my cap and gown. Mm-hmm because I started writing songs and it was fun. And I thought that if I was gonna do this in any kind of way that could produce fruit, I should do it now and I can come back and finish school whenever. School will always be there, but my youth will not, so yeah.
0: Awesome, awesome. And, and so you say your, your musical career, so to speak, I mean, the, the beginnings of it really mm-hmm. took root in college. Yeah, it did. Who, how did that happen? It did. Who was influencing you?
1: Um, so my very first semester in college, I had a teacher who, and most of the class failed this first paper because we didn't understand how to properly cite things. And if you don't understand how to properly cite things in your bibliography, you're going to be hit with plagiarism because that's technically what it is. And so she failed most of us for not properly citing our sources. And that was probably the biggest lesson that I was ever taught. Like you can ruin your life on a technicality. So be very intentional with your choices and what you do. And so we all got to go back, you know, and after we learned how to properly do that, redo the paper, you know, at the end of the semester, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that taught me how to write in a way, it taught me to pay very close attention to what I was saying, mm-hmm. because I could sit here and I could write songs or whatever I was writing at the time right? and do it to put attention on myself or I could do it because I had a thing to say. And mm-hmm. if I have a thing to say, it needs to be extremely precise so that it can't be interpreted mm-hmm. in any other way. Yeah. Um, and so that failure of that paper helped construct my intentions in my writing in a very real way. Mm. Um, and at the same time that I was learning how to do all of that stuff through college, I the worship pastor from the church that I had been at in Kansas City moved back to Arkansas. He'd been, he'd lived in Arkansas too. And I sent him a a song I wrote and he wrote me back. And instead of saying, uh, stay in college, you suck, like he should have said, he said, when are we gonna record it? And I thought, okay. So we ended up recording an album and I was just writing for fun. I mean, I was-
0: And this was country?
1: I mean, kind of, but no. I've called it that but not really okay I didn't know anything about genres really at the time I I didn't know what I was doing um
0: I mean if we listened to it what would we think
1: you would think it was pop rock okay yeah probably with a folk influence what year was this um 2012 2012
0: okay I think all right
1: 2012 2013 something like that um so yeah. We spent a lot of time together. Um, he heavily invested in me and what I did and that kind of encouragement
0: mm-hmm. when you
1: first start something, whereas most people would look at you and say, you know, you shouldn't do that. Um, you should do something a bit more, you know, systematic with your life. Mm. Um, nobody said that to me. And so it was just this blind following and deluded it's just like self diluted confidence that I could actually do whatever it was I was doing.
0: Interesting. Because no
1: one said I couldn't. And so I just kept doing it. And it ended up becoming a thing. And so I, I, I did. So
0: you, so you didn't graduate from John Brown? No, I'm a were, semester
1: shy. Yeah, and yeah. I will finish it at some point. And
0: but you, what did you do? Did you move? somewhere to start pursuing music
1: i moved to fayetteville from Salem springs okay and all i did i worked a job in kansas city i would work i would come up here i would work four days straight at my job and then nights two and then i would go home and for 10 days i wrote songs and recorded that was wow. all i did i did that and i went to the local co-op for kale juice that was it um, serious that was it and i did that for two years my
0: god i would drive that's dedication four
1: hours and i would go to work And then I would have all my bills paid so that I could do what I wanted to do in those 10 days. Wow. And I just wrote song after song, after song, after song, that's just all I've ever done.
0: How did you, did you start trying to perform? Did you start trying to record? I never wanted
1: to be the performer.
0: So you were just doing music?
1: Well, I enjoyed it. I forgot to eat.
0: Were you posting it? Were you allowing people to listen to it? Yeah, some of it, some of
1: it. You know, I put out an album, but I didn't put it out because I wanted to be on stage. But this is before your
0: 2018 album. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I did quite a few things before that, but I wanted to be, if I could be a writer, I wanted to be a writer and other people could cut my songs because I'm not interested in the notoriety that comes with the spotlight. It's brutal and I'm not sure my skin is thick enough. Now, I haven't had much of a choice as of late, but.
0: I was talking, I was listening to an interview with, is it Sia? Uh, Who's a songwriter? I think so had a similar sentiment, even though like she's like crazy talented. But she wrote. She, for she people. really just wanted to write yep. for people because she didn't same almost mm. the same thing.
1: It's it's just brutal. And yeah. people don't put you on a pedestal to look at you. They put what, you there how, to push
0: you off. How did you know that it was brutal? Well who was telling you that or how did you know that? I just sensed just it. Just intuitively. I just
1: sensed it. I mean because I would look at people and what they were doing and I've always been very involved in the behind the curtains aspect of things. You know, clearly.
0: So how did you- Biblical Hebrews (laughs) attacks? Who did you know though that that, like-
1: I didn't, I just read a lot. Hmm. I researched a lot um, and I am also very interested, just heavily interested in finance and economics. And so when you start looking at that, Connected to the music industry, you realize, oh, this is not about making music. This is about making money. And that's totally fine. But if you want to be the hanger for which other artists hang their songs on, which is what singers are. If you don't write yourself, you're, Mm -hmm. you're the hanger wearing the clothes that someone else sewed and designed. And they're the ones making the money and you get a fee, that's how it works. If you're going to do that, like there's a lot of things that come with that. Mm. And I just was not interested in being a hanger. I, I can't, um, now I kind of have ended up being that because the more I write my own music, the more that the people. Who have come in behind me have said no. You're going to do it. You should do it.
0: Mm. Um, who so who have been some of the people you've connected with and oh, who man. who have you like learned from, grown, grown with?
1: Uh, Jason North was the first person who ever invested in me, and um, he just. We're, you know, we're still really good buddies. I hope we get to play together again at some point. And he is. He's the guy who lived in Fayetteville. Okay. Who devoted all of his time to, when I said I wanted to write songs, okay. he just said, I will encourage you in that. Mm-hmm. And he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of transitioned to Kansas City and Carl Butler took me under his wing. And I, um, I wasn't interested in it really at first because I couldn't. Tell
0: people Carl Butler because people know knuckleheads. Mm-hmm and yeah just give him a little who's carl butler he
1: runs carl butler's gospel lounge it is their midweek church service on wednesday nights at knuckleheads at knuckleheads
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep. and he's a musician himself mm-hmm. singer songwriter right
1: guitar player okay guitar player mainly yep. guitar and bass player
0: some of you who remember me interviewing jimmy bratcher um and jimmy knows carl well mm-hmm. and you know Plays down that all that stuff. Yeah, we so anyway. love
1: Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, he's the best.
0: So, um, so that's one person. Anybody else mm-hmm. that you started networking with? Well, Did you co-write with anybody? No, never co-write.
1: No, I can't. Okay, it's like somebody watching me pee. <laughs> I'm not gonna invite you into the bathroom while never, I'm on the toilet. I've never
0: heard somebody say that. <laughs> it
1: is. It is. <laughs> that's hilarious. I I am a bit. Um, <laughs> truthfully, I I'm fairly jagged around the edges emotionally. I'm I'm not good with handling certain things, and so when I'm alone and I can sit down and write a song about it, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have to impress anybody else or make them feel a certain way Mm -hmm. or try to um, fix something. Mm -hmm. I can just have an outlet. Interesting. And so that is why I I don't write songs so that I can put out a record so I can go on tour. I go play shows so that i can come home and write the songs Interesting. Like it's totally backwards from i think the way people would assume that i well you know do
0: another thing i read something else that you said um that's a little bit backwards not not really but a little bit um you said at some point when you were when you were performing you you realized that it wasn't about people coming to see you yeah but you you're there to see people.
1: 100%.
0: I thought that's such a cool statement. That
1: changed my performance. I love that. Because I had always struggled to be on stage because I thought, I don't want want people to see me. Like, that's ugly. I don't want people to see that. No, (laughs) seriously though. I mean, when you look at yourself and you really look at yourself, I mean, when somebody shines a spotlight on that, and that, there's two options, there's two things that happen. I can put on a persona and I can be an actress, and I can put on a show, or I can just allow the light to do what it does, and that creates a really vulnerable, transparent moment for me. Because I never took acting classes, so I don't know how to do that. Mm But. I just had a moment where I was just so uncomfortable with people seeing me because I, I, for a long time, I was like, I don't like who I see. So why would other people? I don't want people to see that much of me. Um, but when I realized, you know, God was like, I don't have you there for them to look at you. Stop looking at yourself and look at the people in front of you. It changed my show. I wasn't, I didn't get stage fright anymore. I wasn't that's afraid.
0: Cool. No, I, I, I really love that. That's, that's, um, you know connecting obviously i'm a speaker and you know when i speak i i really feel like there's some kind of intuitive connection mm-hmm. that i have with the people when i'm speaking yeah and it is about them
1: it is it Definitely. really is yeah. it's so. it's it's not about me and mm-hmm. when it does become about me i I've told my mom, you <laughs> you see this cheek, you smack it. I'll be good to go.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, but you've had some uh, <clears throat> songwriters that you really love that have influenced you, mm-hmm. even though you don't do co-writes and stuff. Who are, who are some of the songwriters that have influenced you?
1: Um, Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn, clearly, um, along with one that I don't mention as often, uh, Diane Warren is just, hmm. Fabulous. I mean, she is, if I had one dream as a writer, it would, to it would be to be the Diane Warren of Nashville, you know, but Diane Warren's the Diane Warren of so everywhere, see, I, so. <laughs>
0: every, so I, I wasn't like a huge country. <clears throat> That's not been the main music I listened yeah. to. But I, um like I've had, I had a, a gal named Jessica Harp on here that grew up where she was, In my church but she did the wreckers with oh um, yeah yeah with uh, michelle Michelle. branch and uh and so i've had jessica here Mm -hmm. and i've known her since she was a teenager friends with her family her dad and everything but um you know she's she mentioned one time uh what's the gal's name griffin uh what's the what's the i'm blanking on her first name uh, but at any rate, just like you're mentioning this Warren person, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I haven't, I don't know who that is. I
1: don't wanna miss a thing.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every
1: massive pop hit. Okay. Diane Warren wrote it for the most part.
0: So I gotta go. Now I'm gonna. Now this will make me go listen. Is mm-hmm. the point and I here, because I
1: my heart. <laughs> all of those songs.
0: And I went and followed up on uh, uh, this Griffin gal. And god she's like it's really some great lyrics mm-hmm. and Patty Griffin. Mm. Patty Griffin. I'm pretty sure that's who I'm thinking of. And she's like really solid, very good. Uh Marin More Marin what's her name? Morris?
1: Marin. Marin. Yeah. Marin?
0: Mm-hmm. In him. Anyway, there's some there's some great songwriters They're in the country really, world really are. so so powerful. Um Yeah. And did you open for Loretta Lynn? I didn't.
1: I played a pre-show gig for her in the same venue before she went on. In Kansas
0: City. Yes.
1: At the Uptown Theater. How cool is that? Um, But during my gig, her son came over and he was like, you want to go meet my mama? I was like, I can't understand a word you just said. (laughs) And you sound like me, you know? (laughs) Um, So I did. And he said, "Um, where do you want to meet her? I said, wherever she wants. and so. She says, come on with So I sat on her tour bus and in her little kitchenette and she just sat there and put her little hand on mine and was like, what do you want to know, you know? So she was just the sweetest and had her handlers not been like, you need to get out now, you know, she would've sat there all day. Cause yeah. And that's, that's why she still had it. I believe she, she was in her early eighties at the time. Wow. That's why she still had a barricade and people screaming at her by her tour bus as I'm getting off, I'm going, that's why it's, it's her character Mm. it's who she is that Mm. people love. That's cool. It's not what she does. It's who she is.
0: That's pretty cool. I like that. She's awesome. Yeah. Have you worked with other artists here in town?
1: In what capacity? Just,
0: you know, shows connection. Yeah. I mean, we've played
1: some shows together. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm so notoriously isolated, um, not as an intent, just as a part of my being. I tend to be afraid to work with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I consider what I do so great. Like that's not it. It's just this is my life and it's its makes me nervous to mm-hmm. to do that to do my life with other people. Um at least the the topical aspect of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um so I've played plenty of shows with lots of people locally. I haven't recorded really with anybody locally since an EP I put out in 2016. A whole bunch of people uh came in and worked on that with me from, you know, uh Amanda Fish, Casey Roush, Jeff Porter from the Rainmakers. Um a lot of people came in on that okay. and and um they're all just great. Like, they're just wonderful. I so. need to hear the
0: Rainmakers. I think.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard them in a while.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your your newest album, Another Nail. Mm-hmm. I I who who did you work with on like who who helped produce okay. or do that stuff? Because I thought it was really well done. Thank it Sounds you. great.
1: It was my first Nashville record. Um, I worked on it with a guy named Eric Kahn. Um, He owns Independent Mastering down there on Music Row, and um, he's been in the business for a really long Hmm. time, and he does a lot of the stuff that you hear on the radio, he does work on, Hmm. Um, and he just kind of, he mastered Average Jane, and he asked me one day, we just became friends, he had a dog, and um, I went to the studio to drop off a copy of the record, and he was like, nobody ever comes to the mastering studio, you know, nice to meet you. like. They don't. That's that's <laughs> ungrateful, you know. That's weird. So, uh, but he had a little dog, and so I just played with the dog, and we kept going back, and I would just play with the puppy. And Carl was looking around because I'm oblivious to my surroundings most of the time, um, at least in that kind of musical professional sense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works to my advantage. Sometimes it does not. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's got all the platinum records on the wall and stuff. And I'm just not paying attention. Um, so he asked me if I, who was gonna do my next record? I said, oh, I don't know. And he was like, can I do it? Yes, <laughs> of course you can. So um, cool. so yeah, he ended up doing that and um, hopefully we'll do another one. I mean.
0: It sounds amazing.
1: I will relay that to him. It
0: really does. I, I mean, I, I mean, I could, <laughs> you know, I listened through Average Jane and then when I listened to your new one. I mean, it's great music, but I, I could, I was like going, "Oh man, this is, this is really well done." We and also
1: cut it live, which I had never done oh, before. Okay. I cut the whole thing live.
0: Yeah, there's just something that I put I on the, yeah. I'm not even that technical, but I just I hear things. And I go, "Ooh, I like that." Just so
1: put on the guitar and played it with a band and sang, and we were done.
0: So the fun, the fun song is "Church in a Bar," mm-hmm. right?
1: I mean, it's kind of fun, but if you listen to the words, it's not as fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's still fun. It's fun.
1: It's It's, fun. it's a very interesting it's, message in a nice, fun it's package. Kind of, it's
0: kind of like a, it's a upgraded Cheers country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <Sorry>. I love <laughs> Cheers. No, that's the best compliment Everybody anyone's knows ever given me. Yeah, yeah by yeah. the end
0: of the night, you know everybody's yeah. name.
1: No, I'm going to take that.
0: Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, no, gonna, it's, I mean, it is, it, it's the acceptance. Um, I saw it as a metaphor for people accepting love and grace and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and of course, Carl is is preaching the gospel. That is what he's doing. But when you do that in a way that is actually centered around the words of Jesus, people, they actually do want that. Mm -hmm. What they don't want is a big mega church buying cars on their dime which is what I'm talking about in the song, yeah. you know? But it is a fun song. I mean, I think.
0: I thought it was. My
1: producer was like, Are you think people would be offended by this? I was like, nah, I don't care, <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah, no, I think it, I I mean, I, I thought it was a good.
1: Well, thank you. Good one. Thank it was you. a good one. It's really Carl's, um, I write songs when people pass. Mm-hmm. I usually just can't help myself. And I brought that song to Carl and I said, here, I wanted you to hear this, before you died
0: right <laughs> that's always the no, that's good uh yeah so check that one out and then <clears throat> i noticed like so i'm i'm thinking um so your song on this uh, another nail that like that song mm-hmm. a little more like you those mm-hmm. two songs it's like it sounds like i mean and i don't know if it's you or another situation you're singing about but it sounds like you got really hurt mm-hmm. and then the person that you felt hurt by doesn't give a Rip. No. And at all. but then you're still you're still feeling hurt mm-hmm. and you're like going I wish I could be a little more like you know, this jackass. Just forget about it. Doesn't it doesn't seem like he yeah. even cares, or she even cares, you or
1: don't care. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, would be wonderful if I could pick up some of those characteristics. <laughs> I would love that. Not really. But, but is it really?
0: Yeah. No, right. I don't. I, I don't want to be that way. Yeah. I really don't. Then we could become sociopaths or.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if, we, if we didn't hurt at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, praying again. Hmm loss. it sounded like a loss of a friend
1: yeah it was
0: wow and you've had since you know you've got a big family you're close to your family so i'm guessing that and then you've known your husband mm-hmm. f- since you were kids mm-hmm. basically so yeah. you so you've had a fairly stable environment of friends For the most and part yeah and, and but you've gone through some hurt
1: yeah i mean quite a bit um I mean, every, every family has its, has its issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have addiction in my family. We have um, lost a brother when I was in high school, had another younger one go through leukemia at a very young age, uh, you know, and then you're dealing with finances on top of that and trying to take care of all of these children um, when everything was great one day and it just collapses around you the next. And uh, my parents did a great job dealing with things that the world threw at them. They really did.
0: I really like praying again. Thank you. I, 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 the sentiment of, um, hadn't been praying for a while, but then you go through this hurt and you're gonna kind of surrender, sort of fresh and new.
1: Had to. <laughs> I was like, if I keep hanging on to this, it's gonna fester and gonna I'm gonna die go. inside. Gonna I can't it, keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, there you
0: go. Good stuff. Dearest, mm-hmm. another song about some loss. Yeah, this whole record's of. about the same seemed, situation. Mm-hmm. Is it? I wondered. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty much. I concept. mean, I didn't. I didn't know.
0: You know, and Di- is Diane like you spelled it D-I-A-H-N-N in this? In yeah, the, in the. Uh,
1: I didn't write that lyric. Okay. Uh, I didn't write that spelling out on the website. That wasn't me. So I'm okay. not going to take credit for that.
0: I was just curious. Anyway, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good songs, and then the then the whole the deceit of riches and fame theme, you know, and being being leery of all of that. And
1: every fifteen minutes comes to an end, man. Why would you want to live in that eternally? I don't get it. Like I cannot wait to be a has been. That sounds awesome. The phone don't ring. I have a pool. Great. <laughs> Go away.
0: Yeah. It, it, as long as you can pay your bills
1: yeah and if know. i can't i'll just build a tent in the woods it's okay it's all you right you know
0: that's what i always told myself and i'm like going
1: hmm
0: let's see i might have to upgrade my tent right. slightly and then i to <laughs>
1: maybe an amish cabin i'll be fine they're well built
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so well fun stuff man um how can people get a hold of your music how can people find out about your touring or your Or your shows tell us Um, get help us get connected to sarah morgan musically
1: sarahmorganmusic.com i have a, a facebook page i got all the basic stuff and that's the handle it's just sarah morgan music and um i've actually i actually have a telegram chat where i respond really i found that much easier to respond directly to people because there's not like a page and posts and all this other stuff it's just people make a comment and i can comment right back um so i have that and that's the same handle um but yeah
0: what is a telegram chat it's like
1: a messaging app okay um but i just i like it because i can just contact people so directly and there's i mean the, the twitter i don't have twitter i haven't had that in years um i cannot handle that place um
0: do you, but do you uh, have instagram i
1: have instagram i'm not and, on it a lot okay. i need to get better at Facebook. it mm-hmm. okay that's where and i'm at most of the time your
0: website mm-hmm. And are, do you have shows scheduled right now? I
1: just finished my last string because we are moving into a series of recording things that I'm about to do. Okay. And I'm trying to get those done over the next two months. And then we're gonna start back up again with shows. Okay.
0: Did you do hardly any shows or many shows during COVID? I played. You did some?
1: Yeah, I played as much as people would have me, I played. Okay. Uh, you don't, when you do this for a living, like, just because everybody else can work from home doesn't mean you can. So it's poverty or going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would work wherever they would have me.
0: Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, I didn't have a
1: choice. So,
0: yeah. Do you, do you tour outside Kansas city? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've done quite okay. a bit outside of Kansas city. I really enjoy the Midwest. I mean, that's where i found people really seem to, they're just the nicest people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I've done quite a bit out of the Midwest, and I've done a lot of work in Nashville over the last few years, um, kind of building that up and and stuff like that. But we're about to head outside, outside of Kansas City, probably for the first time this okay. coming year. Um, hit the Southwest, stuff like that. So okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a slow mover, man. I'm a turtle. <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Good stuff. Well, I'd love for you to. Um, have share some songs with us sure so uh, i can do that that's awesome yeah excellent what are you gonna what do you think you want to do um i don't know probably a song
1: called the old ways and one called rhinestone world okay that'll fit me well today probably good stuff <laughs> yeah this song is called the old ways
2: wake up at sunrise I make my cup of coffee Read a paper I can hold With my two hands I getting my baby out the front door For the day I make up the bed Leave the bottles on the back porch For the milkman And I keep hearing about The good old I just want a piece of land that can be stolen. My Uncle Sam, a few chickens in the front yard. A night sky with only stars. A good old treasury doll hang my laundry on the line. Turns out the old ways are the best ways sometimes. my letters and I pay with cold hard cash sing along with AM country radio and yeah I sew my own blue jeans and have dinner around the table and wear this wedding band till I'm called home and I keep hearing about the good old I just want a piece of land that can be stolen. Uncle Sam, a few chickens in the front yard, a night sky with only stars, a good old Treasury doll, Hang my laundry on the line. Turns out the old ways are the best way. it's just common sense and i just want a piece of land it can't be stolen by Uncle Sam on the outskirts of a small town where i can watch the sun go down a good old treasury dial hang my laundry on the line turns out Sometimes, sometimes I wake up at sunrise and make my cup of coffee, read a paper I can hold with my two hands.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Sarah, for your music, for being on our podcast at Spirituality Adventures. Thanks everybody for joining us. We are so excited to uh, be with you today and we'll see you next time. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then Go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.